is Express FM. Supported by Portsmouth College. We are passionately Pompey. It is a new era at Fratton Park. There's a new man down there in the dugout. What a goal! A wonderful strike! Pure, unadulterated Pompey. Absolutely thrilled to be here. You know, everything that I was expecting coming into the city and coming into the football club has been matched and more. Action and reaction. I think you probably saw on the pitch that there was a lot that we'd worked on in a short space of time. I think it's really good positive signs for the future. Certainly really excited to be playing under him and excited for what we can achieve this season now. Giving Pompey fans a voice. It's been immensely frustrating to still be in League One after six years. This is the Football Hour. Fans' interest in this division peaked a lot long time ago and it's stagnating we've got to get out of this division and into the championship Pompey's winless run at home park continues while Plymouth Argyle return to the top of League One and Hardy chips it over the goalkeeper and puts it into the back of the net and Plymouth will get all three points here on the way tonight, me and two more Pompey voices will once again pick apart what unfortunately transpired to be another defeat on Saturday. We'll also hear the assessment of Blues head coach John Musino. Once we went 2-0 down, we responded brilliantly well and could have definitely nicked it at the end. And there's plenty of opportunities for us to score and, and equalise And we will brighten the mood a little later on too, I promise. Don't you worry about that. The Pompey women were once again on top form at the weekend, thrashing London Bees by four goals to one at the Hive. Jay Sadler has been talking about the ingredients required to create a winning formula. It's a special group, special group of players, special group of, of staff as well. We're all on a, a real positive or riding a positive um, wave of momentum at the minute. The three of us here will be discussing both the Pompey men's and the Pompey women's results at the weekend. And as always, we want you back home to have your say here on the Footlower this evening. 81400, our text number. Start your messages with the word express. You can email sport at expressfm.com, tweet using at expressfm or visit facebook.com forward slash Pompey Live. It's Monday, it's six o'clock. That means only one thing. A good evening and welcome to the Football Hour. This is the Football Hour 93.7. Express FM. A very good evening. Welcome to yet another instalment of the Football Hour here on 93.7 Express FM. Brought to you, as always, by Stagecoach Across the South. Download your app right now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store. You can prepay for your ticket and you can even track your live bus on a mapping system as well. You can also visit stagecoachbus.com to find out even more information on the services they can provide in your area. On the way tonight then, as you've just heard, an assessment of both the Pompey men's and women's victories, or results rather, I wish it was a victory for the men away at Plymouth, getting ahead of myself there, aren't I? Uh, we certainly thought that might be the case come, uh, no, let's not get ourselves, we never thought that was going to be the case, did we? But we will go over the Pompey men's uh, 3-1 defeat to Plymouth Argyle on Saturday and talk about the women's 4-1 victory over the London Bees. We'll also come on to preview a midweek Fratton fixture. The Blues are back in action very swiftly. Burton Albion for visitors to PO4 tomorrow evening. But before we do get to any of that, unfortunately, a reminder of how it went down at Home Park on Saturday. Everything we do is passionately pumping. A wonderful goal! Every second of the action is right here. Shooting! 90 minutes of passionately Pompey commentary. He scored! This is... You want to believe it! Pompey live. Plymouth go long down the left-hand side. Oh, Towler and Raggett have both missed it. And that hit a hand. We play on. Real chance for Plymouth. Good save. Follow-up. Great challenge. 
Radcliffe can find Morrell forward. There could be a chance for Portsmouth. Morrell, can he keep it in? No, it's somehow cleared off the line. And Plymouth survive. Miller breaks into the box. Right footed shot. Follow him. He saves. Portsmouth. Plymouth Argyle 1, they lead Portsmouth, who have nil. Hardy coming forward for Plymouth. Bernard loses out, a real chance for Cosgrove. And yet again, it's Holloway Emmy, who has hurt himself making the save, but he's kept Portsmouth in this match. Raggett with an important challenge, but it's one again. It's a great chance for Azaz, surely this time. There's the second goal. Coming towards the penalty spot, Ogilvy's got his shirt being pulled. There it's we their go. chance, Hackett scores! Popfield back in the game. Fine effort from Rico Hackett, rifle past the goalkeeper after Ogilvy's knocked down and a set piece has opened the door for Portsmouth. It's Plymouth 2, Portsmouth 1. Looking for Hardy, Hardy's going to get to the ball and Hardy chips it over the goalkeeper and puts it into the back of the net. Every second of the action is right here. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. The highlights fair of Pompey's 3-1 defeat at Home Park to Plymouth Argyle on Saturday. Take a look at the results elsewhere then in League 1. Barnes League 2, Cambridge United 0. Burton Albion 1, Exeter City 0. Charlton Athletic 1, Fleetwood Town 2. Cheltenham 0, Atkinson Stanley 0. Ipswich 2, Sheffield Wednesday 2. Lincoln City 1, Bristol Rovers 0. Milton Keynes Dons 1, Oxford United 1. Also Morecambe 1, Forest Green Rovers 1. Peterborough United 0. Bolton Wanderers 5, Shrewsbury Town 2, Shrewsbury Town 3 rather, Port Vale 2 and Wickham Wanderers 3, Derby County 2. Some interesting results in League 1 from Saturday. Leaving the table looking like this. Plymouth Argyle returned to top spot after their 3-1 win over the Blues. They're on 64 points uh, just in front of Sheffield Wednesday in second. Two have got 62 points and a game in hand on the Pilgrims. Ipswich Town are third with 56 level on points with fourth place Bolton Wanderers who have come from not quite nowhere but they've come up quite quite considerably over the last couple of months and they are now fourth, level on points with Ipswich in third, with Derby and Barnsley in fifth and sixth, respectively. Pompey, they dropped down from 10th to 11th. Nine wins, 11 draws, eight defeats from their 28 League One matches so far this season. That's an accumulation of 38 points and a goal difference of zero. Looking at the bottom... Forest Green Rovers remain rock bottom with 22 points. Cambridge United, Accrington, Stanley and Morecambe make up the current relegation zone. And joining me here on the Football Hour, delighted to say we have not just one studio guest. We have two guests in the studio. A rarity, but it's uh, an absolute delight. Now welcome on first of all, Mr Barry Clements. Barry, good evening. 
Good morning, you lovely, lovely people. <laughs> morning? <laughs> well, you got to try it, haven't you? It, it, yeah, it'll be morning soon. <laughs> uh, good, yeah, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, Barry. I mean, there are some people listening in the morning. Exactly, podcasts and everything. Lovely listeners out in Australia and New Zealand. Yeah, it was great to have you. And Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, it's good to be back in the studio. Bit, bit of an 1898 takeover this evening, isn't it? Quite right, too. We've got the main man himself. We've got what yourself? Well, no. We've Statman Joe. Statman Joe. Statman yeah, Joe. Hi. Joe Wood, good evening. And, and we promised we'd get Barry on. We did. Yeah. So we made it happen. And we also <laughs> promised we'd get Jack Hancock on. We did. We, we have been in communication. Talks are ongoing. Good, good, good. We've not quite reached Fabrizio Romano, (laughs) here we go, just yet. But my sources are telling me that we are close to agreeing terms. So, yeah. Good stuff. If you're listening, Jack, get on my phone. Can we go to bed yet? (laughs) I would say yes, yeah. After the football hour, let's get through this first. Um, We've got a defeat to talk about, Barry. Woo. Another one. I mean, copy and paste. Copy and paste, yeah. Look... 3-1 3-1 defeat to Plymouth Argyle. I hate to say it because I'm not impressed and I'm frustrated and we've got a lot to talk about and pick apart. But the bottom line is, I was expecting it. Yeah, this is it. I mean, I don't think even the most optimistic of Pompey fans were, were expecting much more than than zero points. Um, yeah, we got a goal, that's great. But other than that, I mean, there's not really anything to be to be positive about sadly and uh, yeah it's just a it's just a damning indication of where we are at the moment isn't it really yeah um, outclassed outplayed by Plymouth Argyle Joe before we do pick apart the big talking points from the game just look at it at it overall it there, there were stages in that second half especially when Rico Hackett pulled one back to make it 2-1 there were there were glimpses of promise but after okay, what was a pretty dismal first half again, there was a bit of fight back in the second half, and you thought, Do you know what, we might just once again draw two all with Plymouth Argyle. The, the, the stars might align, and we might not deserve it, but we we might actually do it. Didn't quite materialise to be that. Yeah, the sur- the surface level of the belief is there. You kind of you know that your your brain is telling you that two one. That's not that's not an absurd thing to pull back. But you have also watched five months of Pompey this year. And you know how this ends. Roughly five months. I was say, I'm just calculating. <laughs> we're, we're in February. Not the quite sure. season started in July, I didn't it? Oh, you said the year, so I was just... But, yeah, we've watched, we've watched that amount of Pompey, <laughs> and um, yeah. we know what they're like. This isn't a diff- vastly different group right. of players from what we started the season with. Um, and ultimately, shock, you turn out the same thing, you get the same result. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Let's go through the the goals then. The first one, Sam Cosgrove, Barry. He was proving to be a bit of a nuisance throughout the entire first half. He got his just desserts. He got he's got his goal. Um, it was a rebound. One of the easiest goals he will score in his career. But right place, right time. Probably man of the match, given in my personal opinion, given the way he displayed himself in that first half. He was playing on the left, on the right, in the middle. He just couldn't really guess where he was going to go. Um, the initial shot from the left-hand side, Josh Oluwimi saved straight into the path of Sam Cosgrove. Now, there are two sides of the fence to sit on here. Should Josh Oluwimi doing, be doing better with, with the effort to save it? Or should the defence actually be stepping up and... and you know, not leaving Sam Cosgrove unattended four yards out, or is there maybe a bit of both? Yeah, I think I think there's a bit of both. I think it's I think it's harsh to blame Josh for for the error. I do I do think if Macy's in goal, I don't think we're one 0 down there. If I'm being honest, um, but my bigger issue is the fact 
Plymouth pick the ball up 35 yards and they get in the box before there's any sort of challenge and that to me is far more of an issue than the keeper making a save and it just happening to fall in straight back in the danger area so yeah I think it's very very easy to blame the goalkeeper and obviously there's an error there but I don't think this goal's on him necessarily I think it's I think it's a much bigger issue with the defensive unit as a whole whilst we're on the subject of the goalkeepers um, Joe of course Michael Cooper himself missed out Mm. on Saturday for Plymouth and sort of building up to the game Pompey fans were maybe thinking oh we could take advantage of this Plymouth for that they're their number one goalkeeper and then suddenly two o'clock hits and Pompey without Matt Mason as Barry mentioned it's not necessarily disrespect to Josh Oluwimi but no. someone who previously to Saturday has only got one football league appearance under his belt a 3-0 fraction at Bolton Wanderers your confidence isn't too high and look, Josh Oluwimi there's clear potential there perhaps not quite ready at this level yeah, just yet there's a player in there absolutely you know you can see it we, I mean we saw it during the pre-season um, where he played pretty well mm-hmm. um, all of the the pizza cup games he's done reasonably well yeah um, but again ultimately it is his second league start in a side that at the moment is defensively brittle it, 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 there's a lot of individual errors that are then having to be bailed out by a goalkeeper and if you're not prepared at this level, that is probably going to knock your confidence. Yeah. Um, Matt Macy's come in and <laughs> been absolutely brilliant. We've watched him bail out the side two or three times, and it's almost like he's prepared for those errors to come because yeah. he's seen that in front of him before. He's 29, I believe. Yeah. So he has got that experience. Oluwiyemi doesn't have that yet, and I just think this is all coming a bit early for him. I think he probably needs to go the Freddie Stewart route of going to a non-league side on loan going and getting some games in his athleticism will serve him well in that that environment and then maybe kind of just slowly progress up the leagues he's not goalkeepers are are, are essentially voodoo they they mature yeah. when they mature and and if you for him it just looks like that this isn't the time and that maybe we need to look at how we develop him it says a lot Barry that you know Joe's spot on in, in the assessment of Josh Oluwimi and Matt Macy in between in between the sticks, but a lot of the question questions are thrown towards the defence. Why, whilst it's great to have Matt Macy and, and a fantastic shot stopper with that experience to to bail out the defenders, why are we in that situation in the first place? Yeah, this is it, and we you know this this isn't a completely new defence. There are a lot of defenders in there that have been there for a couple of years now. You know, um, I, I love Sean Raggett, but it's becoming a weekly problem that his decision making you know he he takes three to five business days to make a decision on whether to clear it or pass it um, and that is a problem and that's where the second goal comes from so yeah there, there's a there's a much wider issue than, than the goalkeeper and again even with the goalkeeper we've only got short term fixes at the moment because Macy's here until the end of the season Oluwi Amy's contract expires at the end of the season because we only signed him on a one year deal anyway so what do you do come the summer you're going to have to have essentially a big old clear out um, and, and go again again I mean, I mean I think that Pompey's plan on that is that Toby Stewart is the future of that hmm. in, in in between the sticks but again the, the, the point I made just now where um, when does a goalkeeper mature I think he turned 18 was it? yeah in, 18, in the week 18th birthday of the weekend yeah so 
is he maybe mature enough now? I don't really know. He's been playing at Bogner. Uh, he's played various non- lower league sides. I mean, we could do worse than just throwing him in and see what happens. Hmm? Like, yeah. Isn't it quite sad, Joe, that Barry mentioned overhaul, clear out in the summer? It's 2023. Yeah. Uh, it, this will be our seventh season in League One. Assuming we don't go up this season... I'm not saying there's not a chance, but it's not going to happen. Well, I've, I've elected to take a bit more of a positive spin on this this time. Um, this is the first time that we've actually had a director of football involved in the in the transfer operations. Yep. And when you look at the business Pompey did in the January window, all of these players fit a profile, a, a very particular profile that we went and signed. Mm. So they were all young players that some of them had term on their contract that we had to purchase out from them Um, but they were all ones with high potential high potential ceilings you look at the transfer windows we've had previously it's it's very much looks like it was a whoever was available Mm -hmm. and now I'm not saying that Marlon Pack Tom Lowry etc were whoever was available but when when you look back to the Marquis days we were signing just oh that'll do We'll have him. We'll go and grab him. And it was whatever then we could make a squad out of. This seems a a lot more targeted and a lot more constructive. So, yeah, I think we probably are going to head towards a clear-out in the summer and a a revamp. But I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. Let's hope the summer doesn't bring along with it one of these... uh Older, experienced players, Barry. Uh, your, (laughs) Your Charlie Daniels. Sean Williams oh. and Michael Morrison. I yeah. forgot Charlie Daniels happened. Charlie mm. Daniels signed for Pompey, and do you know what? I was excited. So was I at Blimey. the time, but now I I remember it, yeah. There seems to be that one signing every season, doesn't there? That, that, yeah. A lot of hope doesn't quite materialise. Anyway, yeah. let's not dwell on that too much because we've got even more of a 3-1 defeat to pick apart after the break and we'll also hear the post-match thoughts of John Messino who provides an update, a positive one, believe it or not, on Joe Rafferty. Pleasing for us, we had Joe as um, travelling today as, as 19th man, getting him back in the fold, getting a bit of fitness and, and stepping up again with the runs he's doing on the pitch afterwards and then being ready for selection uh, come Monday morning. I've just seen a smile on Joe Wood's face. Stay right where you are. The Football Hour returns in just a few moments' time. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Go by bus. Go greener with Stagecoach. Next stop, a cleaner, greener future. Did you know that if we all ditched the car and switched to a bus just once a month for a year, we'd save the UK 2 million tonnes of CO2? Switch to bus, because by switching, you can make a big difference. Get on board a Stagecoach bus for a cleaner, greener future. For more information, go to switchtobus.com. This is the Football Hour, 93.7 Express FM. Very good evening. Welcome to part two of tonight's instalment of the Football Hour here on Express FM. Brought to you as ever by Stagecoach across the South. Visit stagecoachbus.com for more information. Joe Wood and Barry Clements join me from the 1898 blog um, on Twitter this evening. Barry, shameless plug time. What's the Twitter handle? Uh, Twitter handle is at 1898pfc and then it's just 1898.co.uk. Whilst we've got you both here, just a bit of a tangent, because let's be honest, there's not really much to cheer about 
for Pompey. <laughs> what is it for the listeners back home who haven't quite found you yet on social media that you guys do on the 1898? What kind of material do you bring to the site? Yeah, it's, it's quite a lot. Of, quite a lot of variation, to be honest. There's there's news articles um, with no articles or, or paywalls. Um, there's opinion pieces. Joe does some really really good opinion pieces with with a lot of stats in there. For example, broke down Rafferty versus Swanson previously. We've done bits on Ollie Amy and things. So a lot of it is stat based opinions. Yeah. Um, and then you have wider pieces so you know we did a state of the union a few months ago about where the Eisens were five years in um, so yeah a lot of opinions a lot of news a lot of anything we can anything we can talk about really good stuff go and follow it um, let's get to be twet text tweets and emails now uh, Matt Wheatley's got in touch saying good evening Jake and team it's absolutely gut wrenching to see how far away we are from the likes of Plymouth it was pretty much their second string team and they were undoubtedly the better side the season has fizzled out into nothing and yet again we're planning and hoping for a better season next year having said that I'll still support the team manager till the end so hopefully we'll improve our performances and go on a bit of a run just to what I would just to whet the appetite, sorry, for next season. Also, being a former uh, defender, hopefully John can tighten up our league defence, which has conceded some comical goals this season. Onwards and upwards, play at Pompey. Cheers, Matt, in Australian. Joe, you mentioned before the break, and we referenced it with Barry, the perhaps the clear-out that's going to be expected in the summer. Mm. John Bassino, his first proper transfer window, only joining Pompey halfway through the January one. Can you give... John Messino, that that little bit of sort of leeway when it comes to this team in in the sense that okay, yes, we signed Riley Towler before his arrival. He hasn't yet accumulated his own players, or do you think that maybe there's there's more to it? Um, I think it's really important to understand that the the players that are going to be signed are not going to be John Messino's players. They will be Portsmouth Football Club players. So they have moved they, from what it seems like on a surface level. The club have moved away from this idea that the manager then goes and finds his players and sorts that that all out. That was very evident when they were saying that they were looking for a head coach, mm. not a manager. Yeah. So I actually don't think Mourinho's arrival in the January transfer window made that much of a difference. Right. If I'm honest. Yeah. Um, he will have a say, obviously, because I think that he he did mention that if he didn't have a say, he was going to walk away, wasn't he? So, fair play to him. He obviously means yeah, he means business. But all of the players that are, that have come in in the January do give me faith and optimism. Now, the next three months, four months till the end of the season uh, are essentially John Massino finding out what we have and what we what we need. Um, Denver Hume is a guy that should probably be a little bit concerned about where his future lies um, he's played something like under 10 minutes since Mourinho got here which is I mean that's concerning yeah um, you know Conor Ogilvie he's playing at left back quite often but personally I see Conor Ogilvie more as a centre half mm-hmm. um, I mean that that leads to if he's playing on the left and then we have Deshaun Bernard playing on the, on the right very narrow um, which is another problem Pompey had at the weekend so hopefully we'd be able to in the summer address that defensive area that's the biggest issue currently is yeah. we are conceding just laughable goals mm. 
uh, Barry Matt mentioned within the uh, the email saying absolutely gut wrenching to see how far away we are from the likes of Plymouth and noticing on social media after the full time whistle on Saturday usually there's a lot of banter between Pompey and Plymouth there's a bit of turn and throw in um, between the two fan bases a lot of the reaction from the Plymouth fans aside from their own you know celebration of victory was were actually feeling sorry for Pompey. Oh, it was just pity, wasn't it? It was pity, yeah, that, that was exactly that. It wasn't laughing in our faces, it wasn't, ah, Pompey, you know, this. It was, ah, oh, poor Pompey fans. And that is an damning in- indictment as to where we are at the moment. Yeah, I'd rather they I'd rather they took the mick out of us yeah. as much as possible. You know, the, the, the pity was, was far more heartbreaking than anything else. You know, I saw so many tweets of... You know, this is the worst Pompey team we've ever seen at home park. This is the worst they've been since we played them in League Two. Um, Pompey fans were brilliant, but the team was laughable. And that that is so <laughs> heartbreaking to see as a fan because, you know, certainly so far, we've got worse every year since since we got to League One. And, and hopefully, you know, this is going to be the circuit breaker and next season is, is going to be our year. But at this rate, <laughs> we're, we're turning into Liverpool fans. Yeah. <laughs> they eventually got it, though. They did, yeah. It took 30 years and a I don't think I can deal with that, Jay. That would take us to 2047. Fantastic. Well, I'd have thrown myself off a bridge long before that. <laughs> Going back to Saturday, and, and there's a lot of individual errors. There's always a lot of individual errors, isn't there, Joe, in this Pompey side? But particularly on Saturday, when you, you review the goals, the second we spoke about the first one, the second one, Finn Azaz, returning from injury recently, great player. We targeted him as, a, as one of our ones to watch, mm. but that was a capitalisation on a what a Sean Raggett mistake. Sean, put your foot through it. Let's get rid of it. I think what's happened is John Messino's come in and he's said to um, probably the whole team, look, we're going to play out from the back and we're going to press high up the field. Lovely, good. But what I think has happened is that's had a knock-on effect with um, some of the defenders going, we've got to always play out from the back. Yeah. There are moments where it just isn't practical. And I'm not sure we have all the necessary players back there to be able to say, I know when to play and when not to play. That was an instance where that ball just needs to get sent into the stands. He needs to be strong there and he needs to take the foul if you have to because you are the last man before before the goalkeeper. And knowing that it's an inexperienced goalkeeper, eh, he was probably, what, 30 yards out, 35 yards out? Yeah, good 25. Well, you're not getting sent out. off. No. So, so you, well, also because, who knows, you roll the dice with League One uh, referee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Could have sent four other players off instead. But basically, just roll, roll the dice, hmm. take, bring the guy down, there's no danger of a shot then. Yeah. But we're not making those decisions. We're, we're crippled by our own self-doubt. And that and that's been the biggest issue. I mean, you go back to the Bolton game; it's the same same there. It's just more and more mistakes. Do you want some half past happiness? Half past six. Let's go for it. Pompey scored a goal on Saturday, Joe. They did. Rico Hackett off the bench. Really good finish. Fantastic. Really good finish. Really good strike. Um, and and again, it, it's Rico not bailing us out because the two times he scored in the last three games we've still lost but is Rico making a difference he's certainly playing better than I've seen in quite a while Um, he's one of these weird players that you either get a 2 out of 10 or you get a 9 or 10 out of 10 and 
that can change given five or ten minutes. Mm. And but at the moment he sort of seems to have figured it out. Whether there's something in this system that's working for him, or whether he's just hit a good vein of form, I don't know. But please do more of it. Yeah. And and preferably at nil nil, not <laughs> at two nil down. Barry, we're going to get your thoughts on the third goal uh, in just a few moments' time. But let's first hear the post-match reaction of the head coach John Messino, who spoke to Max Swatton after the full-time whistle on Saturday afternoon. First, asking for his reaction. Performance-wise, I thought we performed really well in the first half, and we were unlucky to come in one nil down. Uh, the the lads went out with with a lot of confidence, and I thought once we weathered the storm in the first ten minutes, we were much the better side, and we were on top. And unfortunately, we we did concede the goal. But after that, we responded really well. Had a I think the the irony of, of going one nil down was that we had a golden chance at the at the other end, and that's what you get in these games. You get punished by the better sides when you make mistakes. So yeah, it was it was really pleasing I think to to come in and and go toe to toe and and probably a bit better with with the side that I think is now top of the league uh, in the first half. The, the disappointing bit for me was probably forty. To 65 minutes, where I don't think we really performed, and, and Plymouth got the better of us. And, and Josh, I think, to be fair to him, kept us in the game. Once we went 2 0 down, we responded brilliantly well and could have definitely nicked it at the end. And there's plenty of opportunities for us to score and, and equalise, and um, quite a few goal mass scrambles towards the, towards the way end. And unfortunately, we, we didn't manage to do it, and they, they scored on the counter. Yeah, as you said, Clawman back at, at two 0 down. Before Plymouth went on to get their third, how confident were you that your side could go on to get that to get that leveler? I think as soon as we scored the first, I, I felt you know, I did feel really confident. There was a there was springing the guy's step all of a sudden. Um, we were on the front foot, and I think we looked really dangerous. And uh, we sort of got control of the game for the last twenty minutes, where we didn't really have that up until maybe the seventieth minute. So that was that was massively massively pleasing. The message to uh, the team in there, though, is uh, let's not wait until we're 2 0 down to, to start playing and to get on the front foot and be and be confident because we probably did something similar at Peterborough, although the first half performance was a lot better than then. And you know, we really need to make sure that against these better sides, we, we can't make the mistakes that, that put us in the position where we are 2 0 down. And just on team selection, obviously, as you said, Josh Holloway um thrown in late on. What was the situation there? Obviously, Matt Macy missing out three on us. Did you have time to prepare with Josh, or was it sort of quite late notice? No, Matt was ill yesterday, but we weren't entirely sure whether we would make it or not. So Matt stayed away from the squad, and um, we, we pretty much knew late last night that Matt wasn't going to be able to travel. So uh, we had we had a bit of time. Josh had prepared with the side on on Friday, and I thought he did really well today and, and kept us in the game with some really good saves. Yeah, let, let's talk more about Josh Holloway. I mean, obviously coming into the side late on, how impressed were you with him sort of making, a, making a number of sort of game-changing saves at, at those points? Yeah, really impressed. And he was, he was probably a bit unlucky. If you look at the first goal, um, it comes through a couple of bodies, takes a deflection, he makes a really good save. Unfortunately, then it, it rebounds to, uh, to their centre-forward. And, uh, you know, in the second half, I was, I was looking at it thinking... Josh is there and he's, he's kept us in the game and um, that was that was really good it was really pleasing for him to, to be able to do that and he's probably unlucky to be on the on the losing side considering his performance so yeah really pleased that we've got an able deputy in Josh who can step in in these sort of situations and just further on team selection obviously Joe Rafferty was here as 19th man today but Zach Swanson missed out what was the situation with him? Yeah so Zach had trained with us on, on Thursday and yesterday as well but just towards the end of training um, had, had a couple of a small problem again with his with his groin so um, that was that was an unfortunate one so we're really looking to investigate that and see um, what the situation is there but pleasing for us we had Joe as um, travelling today as, as 19th man getting him back in the fold um, getting a bit of fitness and, and stepping up again with the run he's doing on the pitch afterwards and then being ready for selection uh, come Monday morning and it's a quick turnaround now 
onto Tuesday, how important is it that a, a reaction is displayed at Fratton Park? Yeah, massively important. It's a, it's a massive week for us. It's, it's, it's a huge, huge week in terms of the fact that we've got Burton on Tuesday, then then linking away on on Saturday, and you know, a quick turnaround. There's there's no you know, giving up. There's no sort of um, time for resting in this league. We've got to dust ourselves off and, and go again. Make sure we physically prepare and, and get everything right for what's going to be a good game on Tuesday night. There you go. Then the post-match thoughts of John Masilo, also slightly looking ahead to tomorrow's game against Burton Albion at Fratton Park. Barry, let's talk about the third goal. Um, it was Ryan Hardy, the, the top goal scorer for Plymouth, and n- not the kind of goal if we were expecting Ryan Hardy to bag on, on the weekend that we'd have hoped, you know, that, that kind of goal to go in. It, it was uh, looped ball over the top after a bit of Pompey pressure, hammering away for that equaliser. Um, yeah, what what was Marlon Pack doing? Yeah, it's classic being caught on the break, isn't it? You're going for the goal. There's gaps in the back. It's it, it's going to happen. Um, Marlon Pack's reaction to it for me was inexcusable. Mm. You are a senior player. You are captain at the at the moment whilst Clark Robertson's injured, mm. and you are berating publicly a 21-year-old with two league appearances. I'm sorry, that's unacceptable. Particularly after you yourself stopped running um, on the way back to the box. You let Hardy go. Um, (coughs) It seemed to me like he's just trying to deflect from the fact that he stopped running Mm. um, and probably frustration of the game as well. But that is a youngster. You need to put your arm around him or if you're going to have a word, do it in the dressing room where no one can see it because that is not on. Great to see, however, Joe, um, Rico Hackett stepping up and uh, defending Josh Oluwimi there. Yeah. Um, Rico standing there and essentially having it out with Marlon Pack in the middle of the 18-yard box about how you can't just dig out the goalkeeper. I think he's a. this is going to sound really strange. Bear with me. It's a really good sign for Pompey going forward mm. because if you want to be the top teams... You don't just have one player shouting and screaming and and doing all that stuff. You need five, six leaders in that dressing room. And if Rico Hackett is a guy that's actually stepping up to become that leader, I'm completely fine with that because it needs those sorts of characters in that dressing room. And I think we've been short of that for a while. Yeah. And I think that shows in some of the performances where we've just wilted away. And... If he's, again, it sounds like I'm part of the Rico Hackett fan club. I'm not. <laughs> if he if he performs and plays well, great. We got him for next to nothing. So if he can be part of that, and there are other players that see that and then follow suit, absolutely brilliant. That is a good sign for Pompey. Yeah, We'll come on to preview in a lot more detail in the next part of the show, Barry, but given our discussion about Rico Hackett this evening so far, the goal against Peterborough, goal on Saturday against Plymouth those kind of qualities he's showing stepping up and barking those thoughts that he's got as the kind of leader that, that Pompey want all over the pitch is there a, a shout for him to start tomorrow or or are we jumping ahead of the gun there? I don't think we're jumping ahead of the gun you know he, he's come on and played well when he has um, and personally I think he brings more to the team than, than, than Jacobs does so I don't have any issues with him starting whatsoever if Curtis is fit I have issues with him starting um, but yeah, currently, I think he's done enough to show that he, he can. There's no reason why not. Can't get much worse. <laughs> but honestly, though, t- there is nobody in that starting eleven that you look at and you go, he has to start. We're at that point now where, we, like I said earlier, we're finding out what we have and haven't got. Yeah. Nobody has the divine right to start right now. 
because we've just not been good enough to be able to do that. Yeah. So if he's put, putting in these performances, scoring the goals, doing the right things, you've got to start him. Mm. I'll reiterate, 2023, and there's not one player we're thinking that starting 11 should be starting week in, mm. week out. Sad times. Uh, Lee Davies on Twitter has got in touch. Um, he's got in touch saying, no chance of getting into the playoffs now. Used to losing every week. Plymouth are a strong side. Embarrassing stay, uh, saying that they're much stronger than us, but they are. We need to, well, we need so much more fight in our team to get anywhere right now, is the uh, thoughts of Lee Davies on Twitter. Right, after the break, we'll be previewing Pompey's, or the visit of Burton Albion to Fratton Park at on Tuesday night, that is tomorrow, Valentine's Day. Can the Blues serve up something lovely? Joe? No. I'm not dignifying that with a response, Jake. No. Got your plans on Valentine's Day? Champions League's on? It's probably that, to be fair. Yeah, Pompey at home. I might even spend time with the wife. That's how bad it is at the moment. Okay, should we go for a break? I think we should. We'll go for a break. We'll come back. We're going to actually talk a bit positively, and we're going to be speaking about the Pompey women's victory over the London Bees on Sunday, but also hear the post-match reaction of head coach Jay Sadler, who talks about exactly why his side are winning games now. Solutions and, and they found a way and, and when we created bigger spaces between our units we were able to get good switches of play we were able to get players forward and then when we did get runners forward and, and bodies in the box we were able to capitalise on, on the chances we created The Football returns for the third and final part in just a few moments time This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM Whether you're out with your mates catching the latest blockbuster or just enjoying late night bus rides from 7pm every day, you can take advantage of a Night Rider ticket, taking you from A to B and everywhere in between. Simply purchase your Night Rider ticket on the bus or using the Stagecoach app to get unlimited travel anywhere on the whole of the Stagecoach South for just £2.50. The world is your oyster. Visit stagecoachbus.com for timetable and ticket information. This is the Football Hour 93.7 Express FM. Welcome back for the final time tonight to the Football Hour here on Express FM, brought to you, of course, by Stagecoach Across the South. Download the app now from either the Apple app or Google Play Store or visit stagecoachbus.com. Okay, we've already reviewed in quite a bit of detail Pompey's 3 1 defeat to Plymouth Argyle on Saturday. In a few moments' time, we'll be previewing the visit of Burton Albion to Fratton Park on Tuesday night. But first, a quick few moments away from that and to the Pompey women. League leaders, Pompey women still, um, after a 4-1 victory over London Bees at the Hive yesterday afternoon. Kick-off was delayed by half an hour, but that did not put the Blues off. Danny Lane with a hat-trick by the hour mark, and Tierney Scott rounding things off just moments later uh, before a consolation with 20 minutes of time remaining from the hosts with uh, Jay Sadler's side winning by four goals to one. Oxford United um, ramped up a pressure. They were 2-1 victors of the weekend as well, so they remain two points behind Pompey with a game in hand. And Pompey women actually take on Oxford United in a few weeks' time. Well, actually, no, it's in April. Sunday the 16th of April, but it will come around soon enough. Um, we were speaking to Jay Sadler last week on the show, and Max Swatton caught up with the gaffer on Sunday afternoon, right after the full-time whistle. Well, Jay, a 4-1 victory at London Bees. What can you take from that result? Obviously, 
really happy to win again on the road. I think that's our fourth away win on, on the bounce now. And it's it's a difficult place to come. All the away games in our league are difficult, the mileage. Um, preparations today weren't, weren't great. Turned up and the games had to be moved 30 minutes back, which has obviously affected our preparations. And I felt that really disappointing at this level um, for that to happen. And I felt it, it affected us um, with how we started the game. We, we were too slow, too reactive at times. Um, we were too sloppy on the ball. And um, I think Bees took advantage of that. Luckily, nothing was penetrative against our back four. And then, we, then, then to be fair, I say we, um, the players found the solutions and, and they found a way. And, and when we created bigger spaces between our units, we were able to get good switches of play. We were able to get players um, forward. And then when we did get runners forward and, and bodies in the box, we were able to capitalise on, on the chances we created. Created plenty of chances in that first half. Danny Lane, you've asked the midfielders to, to chip in with more goals and she's done exactly that. What did you make of her performance? I think her overall performance was was terrific today. Um, she's come back in um, from an, an ankle knock, uh, picked up a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I think she gave us loads of energy, tenacity. Um, and like I said, her and Annie making them runs from deep between fullback, centre-back. And then she was on the end of, of, of some fantastic crosses, some fantastic set pieces as well from, from Dan Rowe. And then at the end as well, with, with Tini Scott getting on the, on the score sheet, we've been working hard on our, on our wide players coming in, creating them angles and, and our detail of our crosses, which Leanne's put a ball on a plate for and, and she's taken it so it's really good that we're seeing things from training translate and transfer onto, onto the pitch um, we're being more ruthless being more composure uh, or there's more composure to it but I think with Sophie Quirk there's been a, a lot of um, emphasis on her um, in, in, in around the goals and in her absence today we were still able to provide four goals which is promising for this group it's another big victory for not just the starting 11 not just the subs but the, the whole squad What's the unity like at the moment? What's what's the togetherness? How how does it feel in and around the in and around the group at the moment? It's a special group, special group of players, special group of, of staff as well. Um, we're all on a, a real positive or riding a positive um, wave of momentum at the minute, and we're enjoying we're enjoying the moment. We're enjoying being around it. We're enjoying the learnings, um, and, and we're pushing this group. And the unity is what gets us through tough patches. So. Today we've, we've, we've had to overcome some adversity and, and the, the togetherness and the unity of this group have done so. They found the solutions to the problems and ultimately they've earned the victory, um, which is terrific. But unity wins your points. Um, the dressing room wins your points. We're really privileged to have such a tight um, group of players, group of staff, um, and we're, getting, we're, we're bearing fruit of that and, and long may that continue. You said about riding that positive wave. What can you do, what can the players do to keep that going in this run? Just got to keep our standards high. I think over the last couple of weeks, we've, we've now improved them standards, um, that drive and that desire to want more. Um, we're enjoying it. Listen, come start of the season, we've had a high turnover of players. We've introduced some new staff as well and we've introduced some new ideas in, into this group and, and they've taken it. Um, and it's great to see. It's great to see, yes, at the minute, we're, we're obviously sitting nice in the league, but we, we just got to focus on each game as it comes. We know now we've got two really, really challenging games coming up for us um, starting with Cheltenham who are a real good team and we've got to go into that game with this confidence with this newfound confidence we have we, we, we found a way to win games of football whether it's pretty or, or whether it's whether it's in, in a bit more of a, a battle um, kind of situation and hopefully that'll, that'll continue come Sunday 
Another fantastic result for the Pompey women yesterday afternoon. Then 4-1 winners over the London Bees at the Hive. They next take on Cheltenham Town at Wesley Park this coming Sunday, the 19th of February. That's a two o'clock kickoff in the FA Women's National League Southern Premier Division. And looking at the fixture list, they've got quite a few games coming up. Watford away next Sunday. And then the first week of March, that's the 5th. Uh, they take on Nottingham Forest away from home at the Holbrook Stadium. Um, that is uh, a two o'clock kickoff game in the National League Cup semi final. Final and the final two games of the season for Jay Sadler's side, both at Wesley Park, so on home soil, against currently second place Oxford United, and then the final game of the campaign on the 30th of April at home to the Crawley Wasp. So as things stand, the Pompey women two points ahead of Oxford in second. Having recently leapfrogged the views for that top spot, could be a very, very tasty end to the campaign. Fingers crossed, but yeah, still a long way to go for Jay Sudler's side. Okay, moving on now to the Pompey men for the next uh, five, ten minutes or so. They take on Burton Albion at Fratton Park tomorrow afternoon or tomorrow evening. Barry, um, we heard from John Messino in the previous part of the show. Spoke a bit about John uh, Joe Rafferty, who has been injured since mid-September when Pompey took on none other than Burton Albion, and John Messino tagged him at interview, saying that he could be available for tomorrow. He said in that interview, Joe Rafferty has made himself available for selection on Monday morning. That to me indicates a potential return. Yeah, and we were saying earlier about there's no one in that starting eleven that should be a dead set to start. Surely Rafferty, if he's if he's a hundred percent fit, he's probably one of the very few players that you think, yeah, he has got to be in that starting eleven. Whether he is a hundred percent fit is a very very different question. That's a long time with no football. Um, but if he is, there's there's no doubt at right back he is he is by far our best option. Um, as much as I do love Zach Swanson, I think Rafferty just he has to come in in the system that we're currently playing. Let's be honest, though, Joe. How many times this season have we been promised players returning back from injuries and it doesn't actually happen? Yeah, it's once a week, isn't it? Yeah. It's so, just, so, although John Cena says this, let's prepare for 7 o'clock tomorrow or 6.45, the team news comes out, Joe Rafferty's nowhere near it. Oh, no, I expect Rafferty would be on it. It'll just be Colby Bishop will be out for four weeks or something <laughs> else. But I was actually having this conversation He's with Barry. It. Yeah. I was having this conversation with Barry earlier that I don't recall another time in the recent memory where Pompey have had so many injuries coming out of the blue like the Matt Macy one comes out of nowhere on just before the game mm-hmm. and it's not always out for a couple of days yeah. it could be two three weeks yeah what's going on this is this is absurd mm-hmm. um I was just the last time Joe Rafferty was playing was actually against Burton Albion yeah. or was supposed to be against Burton Albion um, that was actually the first time I was here yes and I believe at that time I actually wrote an article about Joe Rafferty being a fantastic attacking force for Pompey and also being much better defensively than you would anticipate yeah. I do wonder whether he's actually going to make that back line a lot more solid and that would be a really nice thing to see yeah. if he can come back 
the same player as he was when he started the season. Oh, that'd be, be brilliant. Be, fantastic. be brilliant. And what a team Pompey have got on paper if these injured players do all return within the next few weeks. Tom Lowry as well to add to that. Um, just going over a very quick stat whilst we've got the time to do so. Uh, we mentioned Colby Bishop and Joe's jinxed it now. He's going to be out injured. Yeah, he's going to be out for four weeks now. Cheers, four Joe. Weeks, um, just do a quick one whilst, I'm, whilst I've looked through this. Joe Rafferty actually still hasn't lost a league game in a Pompey shirt. No, we're unbeaten on top of the league. So... Just thinking omens. That bodes well for the next 18 we league games. We are going up. We are going up. <laughs> you heard it here first. But no, talk about Colby Bishop um, and the influence he's got to his Pompey side. Currently the top goal scorer this season with 12 goals, free from the penalty spot. Second top goal scorer, Connor Ogilvy. Oh my God. With four. Dane Scarlett with three. And Josh Caroma with two. That's where we're at. Anyway, Birth and Albion, the visitors to Fratton Park tomorrow evening. Mason Jordan has been taking a closer look into the Brewers. The Blues return to Fratton Park, having been defeated by Plymouth Argyle away from home on Saturday. Burton Albion making the journey to the south coast for this one. Pompey Live, this week's opposition. John Messino's first five games in charge of Pompey have returned seven points from a possible 15, including two victories, two defeats and a stalemate. He'll be hoping to secure a third win for his managerial career and first under the Fratton floodlights. Let's peer into the side who will be looking to deny the new gaffer of achieving that. Manager. Former Stevenage and Oldham Athletic boss Dino Marmria has remained in charge of the Brewers following the resignation tendered by Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank back in September. In fact, his first game in charge came against Pompey in this season's reverse fixture. It ended in a 2-0 victory for the Blues at the Pirelli Stadium. His temporary appointment was made permanent until the end of the campaign soon after, after a return of three wins from four in all competitions. The 48-year-old, who had initially been brought to the club in January 2021 to serve as Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank's assistant, has won 12 of his 29 games in charge since his departure. One to watch. On loan winger Charlie Kirk is a one to keep an eye on this time around. The 25-year-old, who has been handed the number 10 shirt, was brought in from Charlton Athletic on deadline day and has since made two appearances for the club. Kirk made his debut from the bench in a 3-2 win at Fleetwood on February the fourth, coming on as a substitute late on and scoring a dramatic winner in the 96th minute, having seen the host score an equaliser little over 60 seconds before. He has been with Charlton since signing from Crew Alexandra in August 2021, but has failed to assert himself as a regular in South London, spending the second half of the last season on loan at Blackpool. Top scorer. Burton's leading scorer, Davis Kiela Dunn, is no longer at the club. The 25-year-old striker, who had bagged five league goals for the Brewers during the first half of the campaign, moved to Mansfield Town on a permanent deal on deadline day. He had only been at the club for six months, having signed on a two-year deal from Oldham Athletic in the summer of 2022. Defender Tom Hamer is the next player to have scored more league goals for Burton this season. He's found the back of the net on three occasions, most recently in the same match as the aforementioned Charlie Kirk in a 3-2 win at Fleetwood just over a week ago. Current form. Dino Marmaria's side are heading into this midweek clash with Pompey, full of confidence following a return of nine points from a possible nine in the league in the last three outings. 
That hat-trick of wins over Oxford, Fleetwood and Exeter came off the back of three consecutive defeats in all competitions, in which time they were knocked out of the FA Cup by League Two outfit Grimsby. Overall in the league this season, the Brewers have picked up a total of 31 points from 29 matches, a tally which sees them currently in 18th position and just three points above the relegation zone. Can the Blues return to winning ways and salvage any slim hope of a late playoff push? All of the unmissable action on Pompey Live. Thank you, Mason. Uh, just a quick tangent away because we've got around about 60 seconds before we get the score predictions of both Joe and Barry on uh, this evening's show, as we always do, but we actually never do. Quick look at the uh, some other sporting headlines from the weekend in the Premier League. Uh, that lot down the roads dismissing their manager, Mr Nathan Jones. It's a shame, isn't it, Barry? The fittest man in human history, I think he said he was. Absolutely amazing. It's a shame. He was doing so well. He was box office, that man. <laughs> How he got a Premier League job. I love... And I think I'll save to say this, because I don't think he's going to come anywhere near the front part. He might. Unless he's um, opposing manager. But, yeah, I mean, he actually said in his post-match interview that uh, Wolves going down to ten men was actually to our detriment, <laughs> because it meant that they had nothing, nothing left to lose. And you're like, uh, what? Sorry, what? You'll be pleased to know, Pompey fans, Southampton's top target for their new manager is Jesse March. He got sacked as Leeds manager just a few days ago. So there are there are silver linings to this cloud that we're currently sitting on. Uh, okay, score predictions then. Uh, Keith from the emails has got in touch saying 2-1 Pompey tomorrow. Steve's going for a one-all draw. Barry, Pompey v Burton, about five, six seconds. Score prediction. 1-0. 1-0-2. Pompey. Pompey. Sean Raggett. That's something. Okay. Joe Wood. Score prediction? 2-0. Burton are awful. 2-0 to Pompey. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Okay, I'm going to go for a 1-0 Pompey win and all of the unmissable action on Pompey Live tomorrow evening from 7 o'clock. All the unmissable action. This is Pompey Live. Pompey's mistake showed against an informed Plymouth. It's a great chance for Azaz. Surely this time, there's the second goal. It's a long way back now for Portsmouth. Pompey are back in action at Fratton Park next to take on Burton Albion. Join us for all of the unmissable action Tuesday night from 7. Pompey versus Burton Albion will be right here on Pompey Live. Pompey Live on Express FM with Aqua Cars. That's right, Pompey Live back on your radios tomorrow evening from 7 o'clock, 7.45 kickoff at Fratton Park for the visit of Burton Albion. Myself, uh, Robbie James and Dean Adams will be on the airwaves between 7 and 10pm to bring you all of the unmissable action of that game. Hopefully a third win for John Bassino in what will be his sixth match in charge. Thank you to Barry Clements for joining us on the Football Hour this evening. Barry? Have a good night. And enjoy enjoy the dance me. you were doing. Oh, always. I wish we had cameras in the studio. Chew. We don't. Joe Wood, it's been a pleasure as always. Statman Joe. Yep, thanks for having me again, Jake. Appreciate it. And we'll be back with those guys, I'm sure, for another rant in a few weeks' time. Do follow me, 1898, on Twitter. You are missing out if you don't. Um, that's all I've really got to say on that one. Cheers, Barry. Did a little bow in front of us. Okay, coming up here on Express FM this evening, right after the news at 7 o'clock, Jeff and Aid are back with the Soft Rock Show. They'll be chatting uh, to Henry Gross about Woodstock, as uh, well as Joe Cocker as well. Kevin Stokes returns with that 80 show between 9 and 11. Uh, Pompey Live, of course, back between 7 and 10 tomorrow evening. Henry Deacon returns with Over the White Line on Wednesday afternoon from 6 o'clock. I'll be back with the Football Hour on Friday to preview the Blues trip to Lincoln City on Saturday but until then Pompey fans have yourselves a fantastic evening stay safe play up Pompey and good night